Hello and welcome to The Rotary Room, a podcast sharing the stories of Rotarians. I'm your host Rotarian, Scout Simons. Welcome to The Rotary Room. This morning we have Keith Roffey. Good morning, how are you? Hi Scout, I'm well. I'm well, nice and dry, fortunately. <laughs> I know, good change. Now, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I just wanted to ask you, um, how did you get involved in Rotary to begin with? Okay, it's um, a little bit of an unusual story. I, uh, I was I'm one of these people that believes you should retire from something to something. And it was in my late 50s when I really wasn't, um, I guess I wasn't, I'd achieved everything I could achieve in my career. I owned and ran a rather large business, but it wasn't stimulating me anymore. So I was thinking, well, you know, getting closer to 60, 65, the, the magic time, and um, what do I need to do? And a friend of mine said to me, why don't I consider joining Rotary? So I went to a meeting at the Rotary Club of Padstow, and uh, I'll have to be honest with you, I walked away thinking, this lot are a little bit old fashioned. I'm not sure that I could work with these people. Um, but anyway, I, 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 you know, I committed and I went to a few meetings and I kept thinking to myself, I'm not seeing this at the club level, but they must be doing something. This organisation has been around for a long time. So I did some research into it and then I actually saw the bigger picture of Rotary. And I thought, yep, I can get involved here. I can do this. So I actually joined the Rotary Club of Padstow, what, maybe 20, 22 years ago, something like that. Um, but it is, uh, it is the bigger picture of Rotary. It, I, I, I really appreciate and respect my club. I would not have the experiences in Rotary uh, if it had not have been for the Rotary Club of Padstow. But it is the it is the bigger world of Rotary that that I really appreciate, and and I've had some amazing experiences through being a Rotarian. You have, and so on that, can you tell us about some of those experiences? Uh, well, I must admit it was about eighty months uh, joining the club when I when I really wasn't given any specific job to do, and I must admit, must admit I said to the president. Um, you know, you better give me a job. You better give me something I can get my teeth into. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm out of here. <laughs> but that was, it wasn't, I didn't really mean it. But um, anyway, he did. He asked me to come on the board in, and uh, get involved in the, uh, uh, the Rotary Foundation and International Service. And that, that really cemented it for me because uh, that's where, that was where I wanted to be. That's what I wanted to get involved in. Look, I, I went on for being club president. I was involved in the club, various directorships and so on. Uh, I, I ran our local markets for several years, uh, which, was, which was an experience in itself, being with a local community. I, and then I was you know, asked, would I consider being district governor? And like all district governors, that's a bit of a shock to us, but uh, I gave it some thought and thought, well, you know, I'll give it a go. You know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. So I was fortunate enough to be um, to, to, to get the position. And I had great plans for our district. And then we were informed that uh, District 9690 was going to merge with um, 9750 and, and 9680. So our district was going to disappear. So I became the governor um, that is affectionately said, the guy who turned the lights out on District 9690. <laughs> but it, it, look, it's Rotary. We are evolving. 
um, we we have to do these things that have to have to change our ways and so on. So that was fine. So I decided to um, to make it just a good year. We we'd been in service for forty years, so I decided we would celebrate that whole year, and we did. Uh, all clubs got behind it. I put out a project. I asked all clubs to get involved in raising funds for the um, uh, Westmead Children's Adolescent Medical Unit, which Rotary built. They built, raised the funds um, 40, 40 odd years ago to build that wing. We have naming rights for it. And so we went and had a look at it and decided it needed a bit of an upgrade. So I asked the club to, all the clubs in our district to help us raise funds. And we did some amazing things. Um, you know, we got involved in schools. We had, you know, the, the dollar challenge where school children were bringing a dollars in. I went to a couple of schools and they gave me a, a, a bag with a thousand dollars of gold coins in and things like this. It was really quite exciting. We actually raised 250,000. Wow. And we did a lot of, um, we did a lot of work in the hospital. We provided a arts uh, room for, for the young adolescents that are in. Some of those young people are in there for months. Uh, and this room took them out of the hospital environment. Uh, they were a place where they could go and be just teenagers and enjoy themselves. We, we fitted out a courtyard, we fitted out a research area, and we did lots of minor things as well. We rebadged, uh, put the new Rotary logo throughout the hospital. So that was an exciting experience, being involved with those people. I then, um, then I was asked to, my wife and I were asked to be aides to, um, incoming president at a couple of conferences and the one in Sydney was one and that was an incredible experience working with those people at that level mm. uh, we didn't get much sleep but <laughs> and I don't know how they do it but um, it, it was it was an incredible experience just working with them and, and I have the the greatest respect for those people that are up at that level in the leadership of our organization from that, uh, it was Gary Wang asked me to be a president's representative at a conference in India. Uh, we did that. Uh, that again was just, you know, we we were just we just shown some some things and some other side of humanity that we would never experience had we not had those that opportunity. India, you can't judge India. You you just can't do that. It is a place from abject poverty to unimaginable wealth and everything in between. It is an incredible, you know, what, what is the saying, incredible India? And it is, it's an amazing country. Uh, so there were 1,200 people at the conference. Uh, I made the mistake of saying, um, I'm here on behalf of our president, Gary Wang, and I'd like to meet every one of you if that's possible. So they were lined up at the foot of the stage after each session <laughs> <laughs> with the, uh, with the, for the photo shoots. That was, um, Two weeks after that visit was a polio immunization day. Mm. And we decided, my wife and I decided to stay mm. and uh, do a bit of private touring and then try and get into one of the polio uh, vaccination teams. And I contacted the office in Delhi and they said, well, most of them are all booked out. We really can't help, but would you be prepared to go out to a remote area west of Delhi? So we said, yeah, fine, you know, that'd be great. Uh, we six hour drive they organized the car and what have you for us six hours drive we went out to a place called Borelli when we got there we thought we were going to join a team of vaccinators of other Rotarians not so we were we were we were taken up to our hotel room and given an itinerary and we were there for four days no 
other Western Rotarian or a Rotarian from outside of that area had ever been to that part of India on an immunization day before. Wow. So what we quickly learned was that we were there for them, not us. It was a PR exercise. But look, a scout for us, it was just, it was just something that I, I treasure um, and will never forget. On the immunization day, uh, Margaret and I probably immunized 50 children. Now there's nothing special about me. I'm just a, I'm just a butch carpenter by trade. Um, I'm not a medical person, I'm not an academic, but I had the opportunity through Rotary International to save 50 children from mm. getting that crippling disease. And what's more, we had the opportunity to stop their families standing by and watch them suffer. Now, I couldn't have done that had I not been a Rotarian. So that, that's something that I will always remember and, and, and be and very proud of that. And look, they took us, we were, we were going to meetings two or three times a day. Uh, we went, went to their projects throughout the area and so on. We were there for four days for four days rather. And it was, it was just, um, just something that, you know, I'm, I'm honored and proud to have mm. been involved um, and consider myself extremely lucky that I had that opportunity because I wouldn't have got it otherwise. The, the other um, thing that we did was I was again asked to be a president's rep for um, President Ian Risley in Nigeria. And that was another one of those unique experiences. Um, I learned at both places, I learned that Rotary in the, the, that part of the world is something so different to what it is here. It's a whole different meaning. Uh, we're more casual about it. We're more, um, you know, we, we see it as a, a volunteer, totally, literally a volunteer organization. They see it as a means to, the younger people particularly, see it as a means to climb the corporate ladder by being involved with, um, with high level uh, government officials, business people, and so on in those countries. And they, they see it as a great, honor to be a Rotarian where we tend to take it for granted mm. that's what I think anyway um, we you know we just do what we can we're not we're not flippant about it we're serious about it but but we you know we we, we don't have that same attitude towards it as the Rotarians particularly the younger people and I noticed that more so in Nigeria again there was a thousand people at the conference I also was given again relating to polio. I was um, taken out to uh, the polio office in um, in Abuja in Nigeria, and uh, um, the military explained how they were going into the remote areas and clearing out the rebels so that the vaccinators could go in. And that was that. I mean, that's scary that that has to happen. Mm. We 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 find that difficult to comprehend. But it does happen. Um, I went to a hospital. We were taken to a hospital in India, and we had to kit up and wear masks and so on. And I said to them, you know, we're from another country. Uh, is this a concern that that we we maybe all spread something around this hospital? They said, no, no, not at all. It's to protect you. So again, these experiences are a little bit scary mm. in our society, where we live in a very lucky and a rich country, and we're well looked after. We've got a great health system. Um, so, yeah, so it, it is, it is rather, rather, you know, I've had some really incredible experiences and I'm eternally grateful for, 
for being involved in the organisation for that, because I don't believe that it's totally altruism. We have to get something back for ourselves. Uh, and what I get out of it is um, the satisfaction, I guess, of knowing that in some small way, I've been able to um, contribute and make somebody's life just that little bit better. That's amazing. The yeah, the experiences that you have through Rotary are just second to none. You can't. It's hard to explain sometimes too to people who aren't Rotarians. And so, when you're explaining Rotary or things that you've done to people who aren't in Rotary, how do you kind of get that across to them? Like, how do you describe what Rotary is? Uh, it's you're right. It's not easy to do because we just we just do what we do and we're just involved and we just go on and do it. But I, I try to try to think that what I try to say is that we are a global service organisation and we as Rotarians believe that we are obligated to deal with in the best way we can some of the concerning issues that there are in the out, out there in the world. And they're things like, um, like peace and we, we've seen the Russian invasion of Ukraine and so on and I can talk a little bit about that later we probably don't have time but nevertheless um the disease that's in the world that needn't be there mm. that we we can help the particularly with mothers and children and when you when you think of the you know the millions of children that die each year they needn't do it um clean water and sanitation i was taken to a, a village in africa in in nigeria where they have one well to feed to to provide water for approximately 100,000 people that live throughout the area, and it dried up in summer. Mm. Uh, it, it, that's, again, that's hard to comprehend. Uh, the Rotary Club I was with were building a hospital. They were building a rather large hospital, but it still only had 12 beds in it uh, and had a grass roof. But, mm. um, you know, that's but still. So uh, education, I believe, you know, we as an organisation, we, we do, we, we believe greatly in education. I always try to explain that to people and self-sufficient in local local economies. The days of colonialism have gone. It's now about what we what they need because we must understand the different cultures. It's not our culture. Our beliefs are different. Our culture is different. Our way of life is different. Um, and we can't, no longer can we inflict our way on other people. We have to say, what do you need? How can we do it? Absolutely. People, people will not, in the, I don't believe people in the future will be wanting our goods. They'll be wanting our expertise and we're starting to see that come. And that's what we should be donating, I believe, our expertise and knowledge aligned with their needs so that we can get it. And that way it'll be sustainable. Um, why do Rotarians do it? Well, I think we do it because it's just the right thing to do. I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's, that's my opinion. It's the right thing to do. There's approximately 1.4 million of us. Um, and we believe that we, we have a shared responsibility to, to action on some of these issues that's, that's in the world. Look, it, it takes commitment. It takes vision. It takes hard work. But we've got to, something, again, I believe in that we don't inherit this earth from our ancestors. We actually borrow it from our children. Mm. And we should hand it over to them in the best way we can. So basically, you know, when, when people ask me what Rotary is, I guess I sort of, you know, they talk about the, 
the talk in the lift in all of a minute or something like yeah. that. Well, I can't do that because I've got too much to say. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, we're a global service organisation who believes that we're obligated to try and deal with the issues in the world, which is basically, you know, peace, disease, clean water, uh, and so on. I love it. That's great. Um, now, can you touch on briefly about the Ukraine, as you mentioned, and rocks? I can. Um, as you may know, I was a, a director of Rotary Australia World Community Service, rocks as we, we all affectionately know. Um, my, um, my remit was to, to work with Donations in Kind. And Donations in Kind was a, is, is right throughout the country. There's, there's one in every state, a major depot in every state, every capital city. My remit was to try and review it and maybe move it into a little bit of more of a modern way. Um, which, and I was had that position for seven years. Uh, I, I think I did that. I think we're now moving a little bit forward in getting away. I did, we have changed the name from Donations in Kind. Uh, we moved it slowly. I changed it to Health and Education Equipment Repurposing in Sydney, but we've now changed it to Rotary Australia Repurposing Equipment. It's more relevant to what we do. Donations in Kind is, uh, is, is quite broad. Mm. But we really do focus on health and education. So we're now, um, you know, donations in kind was implicit, but it wasn't necessarily descriptive of what we do. So when we now go and talk to people, we say we're a repurposing equipment um, of Rotary. And that's what people understand. It's because it's all about sustainability, circular economy and, and so on. So getting back to Ukraine, uh, I was I had, uh, about two weeks after the... Um, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I had a call from the Ukrainian community, uh, one member of the Ukrainian community here in Sydney. And she said, look, we want to send as many consumables across to Ukraine as possible. Um, I've been asked to contact you. Um, simple question, will Rotary help us? So I, I wanted to understand a little bit more about it. So um, it was Liz Pazlowski. Uh, from the Ukrainian community. So we met that afternoon and had a cup of coffee. I was confident that what they wanted to do would work. It would be sustainable. I wanted to make sure that the goods were going to get across there. And so I was comfortable with that. So we, we went to work and I must admit the Ukrainian community did, did most of the um, procuring of the, of the consumables and they brought them into our warehouses throughout the country. We sorted, cleaned and made sure that they were within news by date. They were exactly what was wanted and, and not rubbish. And we packed them, packed them on pallets and sent them off to the freight forwarders who took them to Qantas. And daily out of Sydney and Melbourne, Qantas flew them across to London where a group of um, truck drivers got together called uh, UK for Ukraine and drove them across Europe in straight into Lviv. It was originally going to go into Poland and but the border was open, so they took them straight into Lviv. I guess, look, I don't know how many pallets we've sent across, but I would estimate um, it, the value could be anywhere between 15 and $20 million worth of consumables that have been sent across. It's, it's, it really is hard to put a value on it, but when you understand the value of this health equipment, Mm. You can you can do it. So that's that's gone across. Um, it went into a central university hub there, and it was distributed to frontline workers or frontline um, you know personnel, doctors, hospitals, and so on. 
We think it'll probably, we're still doing it. Um, we've got some more pallets to do to load tomorrow. It will probably end in the end of this month um, because there has to be an end date. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that again has been rather incredible. And, and again, I, I, I stop and I think to myself, people will never know me or anything like that, but does that really matter? I've helped somebody do something. <laughs> Um, and uh, so that that has gone across. Look, we we've sent everything from syringes to body bags. And when you see a box of body bags, that's when it really hits home that there's a problem there. But but you know, sending a body bag that you think, gee, that's a bit frightening. But it gives people dignity. Yeah. It you know, it's just there's just so many reasons why these things should happen. So. That in itself has been an incredible thing, and that's uh, then I then I I also knew of the the Rourke's project, which is run by the Rotary Club of Sydney Cove, and they were raising funds for for Ukraine, and I approached them, and said, "Would uh, you be prepared to give me a sum of money to buy some new consumables, not donated stuff, so we get some brand new um, items?" I was thinking maybe if they give me 50,000, I could do something. And I was cheekily asked for 100,000 and they rang me back and said, would you like 500,000? <laughs> Amazing. So, so that's Rotary. <laughs> that's Rotarians. Um, so I quickly got, I spoke to suppliers and we got a whole lot of equipment come through and that, and that was all sent across as well. Uh, Rorks is a great organisation. It's um, we, we through Rorks we can not only do things in our own country, but we can do it internationally as well. Uh, um, it's one of the um, it's one of those part of Rotary where people can actually physically go and do something. Mm. Uh, we can go go to a, a remote island and build and dig a well, or, or or build a school, or build a hospital, or or whatever it needs to be done. Uh, we can do that with the local people. We can forge friendships and alliances with the local people um, by doing that, and we can do that through the Rocks projects. Fantastic. Now, to finish, what uh, what's the future of Rotary look like or what are your hopes for Rotary as it continues on? I, I think Rotary will survive, but it will be totally different to what we see it today. Mm. Uh, I believe we're always talking about membership. We're always hovering around that 1.3, 1.4, 1.2 million. One of our biggest problems is the retaining members, not necessarily getting them. Uh, I believe the competition for our membership is life itself. Uh, It is so different today to what it was for my generation. When we were working, you know, our wives generally stayed home and, and looked after the home and brought the children. That doesn't happen today. And so I believe the competition is life itself and Rotary must evolve and try and work out what what that's going to be like uh, and evolve with it. Um, I often ask myself why, why in the 60s and 70s did Rotary grow? And I think it was because this is my thoughts on it. I think it was because there was the world was struggling after recessions and world wars at that time. Governments couldn't do anything. So the people said, well, we'll do it ourselves. And of course, they did it through the service clubs. And so they created infrastructure for their local areas, the Rotary Parks and so on. 
that need is not there today because um, you know our governments provide a lot for us, particularly in our, our countries in the Western world. So, so we have to look at what are these other needs. Um, and Rotary's doing that, it, it is, when you look at our areas of focus, and as I said before, it's peace, education, disease prevention, and so on. Um, they're the things we need to be working on. Uh, and I, I, how will Rotary look in the future? It'll definitely be a lot more through uh, internal technology, IT, computer work, we'll see a lot more of that. I can see teams of Rotarians, um, you know, going out and working with these, these local people. Um, and um, when I say local people, working with those areas that are developing and growing and, um, and, and don't have the means to provide for their, their people that we do in our countries. I can see Rotarians going and helping. Again, I think a lot of it will be through education and so on. But look, at, look I believe it will survive, um, but it will be totally different. Um, and I, I can't really predict what that difference will be, um, but we are a tenacious group. <laughs> um, people like yourself, I mean, you're the future of Rotary, not me, Scout. It's people like you who are the future of Rotary, not me. And if we want Rotary to survive, we have to work with people like you. What, what do you see in the future? How do you see it working? What do you want to get out of Rotary? What's in it for you? Hmm. And I think we have to listen to people like you, your generation. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Keith. It's been awesome to hear about all of your experiences. And I look forward to hearing more about rocks in the future and continuing on the Rotary journey. Thank you. It's a pleasure.